This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. Well, good morning to you. It's good to see you. It's a holiday weekend and it's raining outside and you're here. So, wow, already you have put God first. That's the new series we're talking about uh, starting this week. We, we may go back to the process and experience series because uh, there, there are some aspects of the experiential walk with God I want to explore. But this morning, I, I want to start a new series I really feel led of the Lord to do called God is First. And I want you to turn to Malachi chapter three. And we're going to talk about the spiritual principle of tithing today. And this message is uh, for Christians. So if you're not a Christian, I'm so glad you're here. And and I want you to enjoy being in the presence of God and with God's people today. And and you are invited to be part of God's people. So thank you for being here. Uh, But this message is directed towards Christian believers. And I want to just say this right away. I have no interest at all in using fear, manipulation, guilt to to try to get you to give money to the church. I, I just don't have any interest in that at all. But I'm interested in you opening your heart to one of the ways God wants to bless you. And, and I felt led to talk about tithe today. And in my natural mind, I thought, well, this is not the best Sunday, you know, to preach on tithe. It's a lower attendance Sunday. We probably will have, we'll probably be down 30 to 40% today in overall attendance with kids and children and everyone together. So a lot of times, you know, pastors, we like to preach sermons about giving to the church, um, on high attendance Sundays and, and maybe not even bring up this subject with kids here, but I really feel the Lord wanted me to talk about this this morning. And it's going to be, it's going to be a blessing to you guys. I'm going to tell you this, that this is an opportunity for, for you to walk in the blessings of God. So I just want you to kind of emotionally and intellectually just relax. Okay. So th- this is, this is, uh, the Lord doesn't work through condemnation or fear. And if you've ever heard a sermon out, out of Malachi chapter three, and you, you heard me say, let's turn to Malachi three and your spirit kind of groan like, oh no, it's not my intent for you to have that type of experience today. You know, I, uh, I have received the most persecution as a pastor. I haven't received very much persecution compared to uh, my colleagues, my fellow pastors who are in other countries. But the very mild level persecution I have received, uh, tithing has been one of the primary avenues of that. For whatever reason, Christians get really upset and offended when we talk about tithing. But I love you guys too much not to talk about tithing. I, uh, I talk, my children get really irritated with me early in the morning when school's in session when I don't allow them to sleep in. They get really irritated with me when I limit uh, how much video games they play or how much uh, television they watch. And they, they get, they're, they're, I'm not their favorite person when, when I cause them to, when I tell them to clean their room. But how many know that that's an important part of them becoming the type of adults God wants them to be? It's an important part of the maturation process. So if, if I just 
let my kids sleep in whenever they felt like it and didn't require them to go to school, then they would never receive the blessing of an education. If, if I didn't take my kids to church, they would never receive the blessing of being part of a church community. So as your pastor, that's what I look, this is what I look at when it comes to tithing. It's the opportunity, it's the opportunity for you to become the mature person God wants you to be. It's an opportunity for you uh, to walk in the ways of the Lord and what the Lord wants for you. I think maybe one of the reasons the Spirit led me to preach this message on Family Sundays, I was reflecting on my life and how tithing has been such a blessing to my life. And it's a principle that I was exposed to as a child. So pretty much, I can't say every dollar, but every dollar I know of that I have earned, not necessarily a gift or not necessarily a tax return because I've already tithed on that, but every dollar that I've earned that has caused increase, I've given 10% of it to God since as early as I can remember. And I don't have any regret in doing that. And I don't say that to you for pride. I say that to you that wherever you are, that from this day forward, you have an opportunity to be part of, of God's principle of tithing. So what is the tithe? Well, here's your first point. You, you have in your, in your uh, bulletin a, a chance to fill in the blanks to, to help you. Tithe is 10% of our income. I know that seems like basic and logical, but for somehow we've kind of forgotten this. We think it's, we've kind of created the tithe in our own image. Well, this represents my tithe, or this is gonna be my tithe, and this is what I think my tithe is, but it's pretty simple. It's a number God came up with. It's a number of 10%, and 10% is what God has used and what God has chosen uh, to Accomplish his will on the earth through your income and through 10% of your income. All of your income belongs to God, but there's something special about the tithe. There's something special about the 10%. And we go to Malachi chapter three. I'm gonna read this whole passage and then throughout today's teaching, we'll break it down several times. Malachi chapter three, starting with verse seven. Since the days of your father, you have turned from my statutes. I want you just to think about that for a second. I want you to think about the human heart. And it's our human nature to turn away from God. I'm not happy to tell you that this morning. But if there's something that is common to humanity, from Adam all the way to me standing before you today, we've turned away from the statutes of God. Sometimes in the middle of the, the days that we live and the world we live in, we... we we like to think that our rebellion is unique and our re rebellion is worse than rebellion that's happened in the past. And yes, there are characteristics that are unique to every culture and every generation, but rebellion to the ways of God is not new. It, was, it started uh, when mankind rebelled against God in the garden and every generation, every culture has dealt with this drift from God, our hearts drift from God. And, and I want you to hear that in this verse, since the days of your fathers, you've turned from my statutes. We've turned away from God. You, you've not kept them. So here's the compassion of the Lord. The love of the Lord says, return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. 
And then here's a very important question, but you ask, how can we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. You ask, how do we rob you? By not making the payments of the 10th and the contributions. You are suffering under a, you are suffering under a curse. Yet you, the whole nation, are still robbing me. Now, I just want to say this one thing here. I'm inserting more teaching through the, through the uh, reading than I, and, that I said. I thought I would. Me, personally, I don't believe any Christian is under a curse. I believe Jesus has redeemed us from the curse. So when I preach on tithing, I don't use, I don't use the curse angle like a lot, of, a lot of ministers do. It's just something that's a personal conviction of mine. Because I believe that then you're only tithing out of fear of not being cursed. And, and that's just, that's, that's not to me the nature of the spirit of Jesus. That's not what Jesus is trying to accomplish. So that's, that's a conviction that I have that through Jesus we're redeemed from all the curses. Because every sin, we're, we're, we're under a curse by every sin. We're under a curse because of our, our mouths that we can't keep shut. We're under a curse because of our anger. We're under a curse because of, of our sexual sin. We're under a curse because we cheat and lie. And we're under a curse because we don't tithe. And then Jesus sets us free from all those things. So we praise God for that. So going on, it says, verse 10, bring the full tenth into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this way, says the Lord of hosts. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not ruin the produce of your land and your vine in your field will not fail to produce fruit, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will consider you fortunate for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. That's the word of the Lord. It's good to have our elementary kids in here. I'm just curious, how many of you elementary kids picked up the coloring sheet and crayon on your way in? I just, I'm just wanting to know. Raise your hand if you did that. We had that, okay? All the teenagers did, all right. So that's a new thing that our, our administrative assistant, Carrie, implemented. We had crayons and coloring books, or coloring pages for the kids and the adults. I think that's pretty cool. If someone else was preaching today, I probably would have grabbed a coloring sheet because there's something therapeutic about doing that. So feel free to color while you hear this. Here's the first thing I want to point out is this. Here's your first point. Number one, the tithe funds the church. The tithe funds the church. This is a principle that God has put in place all the way since the beginning of when his people worship together. And I want to be just completely honest with you about that. Um, there are all types of churches. There are churches that meet in homes that have no one that gets paid. And those are really legitimate, great churches. And those are fine. And then there's churches like ours who we've decided that we want land and we want a building and, and we want paid staff. And these are things that none of us are forced to go to this church that the Holy Spirit's led us here and, and I want you to know this, that your tithe funds the church. And that is a good thing. That's a good thing. I, I just want you to know that that's a good thing. And, and if you understand what happens here on a 
weekly basis, and I will even say a daily basis, if you understand what God is doing in this church, then your tithe that funds this church will be the most exciting financial transaction of, of the week, of the month. Because this place is alive. This is a living, breathing organism. And God is using this property and he's using this building and he's using this staff to change people's lives. And I want you to be a cheerful giver. And I I tell you this out of joy, your tithe funds the church. And the fact that this church is here is an incredible testimony that God has a plan for his people. And when all else fails, the church remains. And when you, you put in your time, the business you run or the company you work for or the hours you put into retail work, when you give 10% of that back to God and it funds a church like this or maybe another church you attend, do you have any idea what a privilege that is? That God is using your life to keep a church alive, to keep a church breathing, to keep a church changing lives. So that means that on a Wednesday or Thursday morning when you're going to Chick-fil-A, and you you see Pastor Matt meeting with a group of high school kids, you're meeting with them too. Because your tithe is giving him a salary. That that means when when this building has air conditioning, so over the last year, after the last five days, or over the last week, VBS happened, and and this place is alive, and kids are getting saved and discipled. Uh, You may not have volunteered this year. You may have done so in the past. You may not even been aware of what happened this week. You may not have been up here, but by tithing and giving, you, you were part of what happened here. It's an incredible partnership and it's a privilege. I I don't want to give that. You people better tithe because the church needs funds. You terrible, horrible people. No, that's not the tone I want to give. I want to give the opportunity ahead of us. We get to keep a church alive. We, keep, we get to have a church that thrives. Now look at what the scripture says about this. In, in verse 10, it says, bring the full tenth into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Well, what, why did there, did there need to be food in God's house? Because in the Old Testament, the Levites, the priests, and then all the people who worked in the temple, that's how they received their income. There needed to be food in the house so that people could eat, okay? So that's one of the things you do is you help uh, provide for the funding of this church, for the salaries of the staff, for the payment of the building, for office supplies, for coffee that you drink, for the dozens of checks that go out to missionary endeavors around the world. I, we talk about that a lot, but, but I'm talking to you about the practical aspects. I have no shame in telling you that you fund those things because those things matter. The very practical things matter. It matters that we have air conditioning in the summer and heat, heat in the summer. It, it matters that our, our floors get uh, waxed on an annual basis and that it's an inviting atmosphere for children to come. These things matter. We're not ashamed of those things because there's food in God's house. The same principle goes into the New Testament. In um, 1 Timothy 5, 17, verse 18, elders, which is a synonymous word with pastors, who do their work well, should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, and this is an Old Testament quote, 
You must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. And in another place, those who work deserve their pay. Would it not be great to be able to write a $100,000 check to the church? Wouldn't that be great? I would love to write a $100,000 check to the church. What do you know that the median income in Tennessee is $42,000? I know not all of you make that much money and some of you make more, but the median, the middle point is $42,000. Do you know that if you just tithed for 25 years, you're a $100,000 giver to the church? Isn't that incredible? $4,000 a year at 25 years, that's 100,000. All of you are a $100,000 giver to the church. Now, I'm saying this not like boastfully, but to think that God could use you to give $100,000 to the church. We think, oh, that he couldn't use me to do that. He's using more of you to do that than you think. That's an incredible legacy. That's an incredible statement that many, many of the wealthy people of America have never given that much money to a nonprofit or to a church. That's an incredible opportunity. Here's something that the Lord showed me this week. I really believe the Lord showed me this week because I've preached a sermon before and it's been like a three-point sermon. Or You guys know I like three points. I think today's a six-point sermon because there's some stuff God showed me. Here, here, here's a new thing, number two. Hot off the press from the Lord. The tithe is a doorway to repentance and obedience in our spiritual life. This is a good thing. Now, <clears throat> verse seven says this. Since the days of your father, you have turned from my statues. You have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. And you ask, how can we return? Now this, to this particular people from this particular prophet, there was a very specific question. How can we return to the Lord? In this instant, it's not the only way we return to the Lord, but in this instance, people return to the Lord by tithing again. Now, I wanna go back to this point. This is not the only doorway but a doorway, go ahead and put number two back up again. A doorway to a life of repentance and obedience is to be a tither. It's not the only way we repent and it's not the only way we obey, but it's definitely a doorway to that because here's the deal. I've noticed this and this is very anecdotal. This is just kind of something that I've noticed and I have no proof of this, no evidence of this, but it's just something that I sense. When Christians begin... Uh, to belittle the tithe or explain away the tithe, it's easy for them to explain away other parts of their spiritual life. So they say, well, you know, I don't know if the tithe is really biblical or it's not New Testament. So I don't think I'm gonna tithe. I don't think I'm going to identify with a, spe a specific spiritual house and a specific spiritual authority. I'm just gonna give to whoever I want to whenever I feel like doing it. When we begin to do that, it's possible, it's possible, it's not a formula, but it's possible that that could be a doorway to doing that in other areas of our life. Now, let me talk to you about the principle of New Testament giving. And this is where a lot of people get mad at me. It's so funny, Christians get so upset about this. And they'll say, well, I don't believe in tithing. And it's okay, if you don't believe in tithing, it's okay. The New Testament principle would be to give more than tithing. I mean, that, that really is, if you go to the New Testament, because most of the New Testament Christians at first were part of the Jewish faith. They were still going to the synagogue. 
So they were still giving their tithe. Then they were giving more than the tithe when they got together for worship. And then the book of Acts in Acts 2, we don't have this on the screen, but you can see in Acts chapter 2, I think it's verse 43, 44, really they came and gave all their money to the church. So I agree that we are not bound to the tithe. We're free to give more. We're free to give beyond. And, and the Lord's gonna help us to get to that place where we're free in the spirit to give more. What we need to realize is that um, the tithe is an obedience issue. That's why it's a big deal. You know, God doesn't need our money. He needs our heart. Luke sixteen eleven says this. If you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? That's why the tithe is a doorway in your life. It's a doorway to more authority in your life. The tithe is a doorway to discipline in your life. The tithe is really a doorway to financial management in your life. And, and I believe that it's one of the doorways, not the only doorway, but it's a doorway to more spiritual blessings. Because there's something in us, there's something in our spirit that wants to rebel against the tithe. That's what I believe. I believe that. I mean, some of you, maybe even an angry spirit towards me, it's happening right now. And, and I, want you, I, I just want you to be cautious of that because, because I, I, I'm all I'm trying to do is pass on what the Lord has shown me. And you can judge that in your own spirit, whether this is of the Lord or not. So I'm not, you can judge that, but, but I want you to be cautious. If you're angry, you can disagree with me and a lot of good Christians have, and that's fine. But if you're like angry at me or angry at the tithe or mad or disrupted in your spirit, I just, I just would cautious you, caution you to be careful in that because the tithe is a place of freedom. It's a place of blessing. And God wants to open more doors in your life. And one of the tests, it's not the only test, I wanna emphasize that, but one of the tests is, are you gonna obey the Lord in the tithe? Because if you can do that, then there's more blessings in other areas of your life. Here's what I love, number three. When we tithe, we discover that God is the giver. We're, we're not the giver, God is the giver. Malachi 3.10, again, as we look at different aspects of the scripture we read earlier, says, bring the full tenth into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Test me in this way. Now look at this part. This is what the Lord says. See if I will not open the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing for you without measure. This is a place, there's a financial blessing, a blessing on you when you believe in tithing. Now I've been a tither all my life and I've had lots of times my car is broken down and I've had lots of times when I've had medical bills that were at inconvenient times and I've had times when, you know, Beth and I have had to stretch the checking account until the next payment, or the next, our next paycheck so this isn't like a hocus pocus. Uh, you know, you're never gonna have a financial trouble. You're never gonna have to budget. You're never gonna have to be disciplined. And I believe God lets us go through circumstances to have wisdom. I believe me personally, he's let me go through some circumstances so I could be a more compassionate pastor. I really do. So I, I, I can understand more circumstances you guys are going through. So I have not had this careless, free, errorless, life financially or without trouble. But I'm gonna tell you this is, is my life has been blessed beyond what I could ever imagine financially and materially 
through, and I believe one of the reasons is, is because of the tithe. I think financial management is, is part of it too. So there's a supernatural component. There's, there's a, there, there is a component of, of the Spirit's approval on your finances. And, and I want you to believe this. Because you don't have to believe this, and that's okay. If you don't want to believe this, it's okay. I, we're we're going to be in heaven together, all right? We're going to be in heaven together. You guys know, too, that I'm very concerned about the excesses of the prosperity gospel. I'm very concerned about that. But what makes a prosperity gospel powerful is the truth contained within it. And here is the truth contained with it, within it, that if you tithe, God's gonna bless you financially. And, and one of the reasons I want, I believe the Lord wanted me to remind some of you today of this, because some of you who have been a consistent tither have forgotten this principle, and the Lord wants you to open your eyes again, because he's gonna reconfirm it in the coming days. Sometimes we don't see the financial blessing of the Lord because it should become so like monotonous, just a financial transaction, and the Lord wants us to tithe in faith. You understand? I'm giving and I'm believing for a return. That's not the motivation for me to give, but it's the principle of giving. It's like a, it's like a reaction that, that things are going to happen in my life because uh, this is a principle God has put into place. And so I believe God's going to make that happen in my life. He's going to rebuke the devourer in my life. I believe that when we're under the blessing of the Lord, under the tithe, and we believe this blessing of the Lord is that we can just believe that God's gonna prosper us in ways that we may not have seen before. He's gonna cause our vehicles to last a little bit longer. He's going to maybe cause home repairs and, and a season of health where we don't have as many medical bills. He's gonna cause unexpected blessings to come to our life. And so sometimes the blessings of God may not be a tangible, quanti quantifiable amount of money in your bank, but it's the, the Lord rebuking the devourer in your life. He's keeping these things from happening in your life for certain seasons to prosper you and to cause you to be in financial health. And, and I want you to believe that. I want you to believe that with me so that we can just rejoice and it can be God. We can say, wow, look how great our God is. Not, look how awesome I am. This is my third promotion in 10 years. No, look how great God is. Look what God has done for me. Look at where he's taken me uh, financially. I have less debt than I did three years ago. Not by my wisdom or my might, but it's the blessing of God. It's the blessing of God. It's the prior to me, me making God a priority in my life. And it's a good thing. Let's go to number four. The tithe gives us permission to test God. The scripture is interesting, isn't it? The scripture says, don't test the Lord, but then it gives an exception this one time. Isn't that funny how the scripture is? So we, we know that there's something very specific about this. And the Lord says, I want you to test me in this way. God didn't say, go make up a test. All right? Hey, everyone come up with a test and let's test God. That's what we do. That's what we do sometimes. I know Gideon did that once, but that fleece was, was not typical behavior. It was a very rare thing. So God says, test me in this way. Test me in the tithe. Test me in the tithe. Test me in this financial stewardship. And, and wouldn't it be great, guys, if we did that, if we tested the Lord that way? Now, here's number five. Failure to tithe means we rob God. This is where everybody kind of loses their breath. <laughs> we rob God. This is number five. Failure to tithe means we rob God. But I want to add a caveat to this. 
we rob God of his opportunity to bless us. Now, I want, I want to just give some thought to this. How many know that the, the Lord owns everything anyway? God doesn't need our money. He doesn't need our money. He owns everything. Psalm, I think it's 24.1. Yeah, it says this. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Every single thing belongs to God. He owns it. But here's the thing. It's in his nature he has chosen even before the law was given, he chose with Abraham to attach his blessing to the 10%. And then through Jesus has caused us to go beyond the 10%. And when we rob God, I believe in, in a New Testament covenant relationship with God, like it, it isn't so much that we've stolen and he's mad at us as much as we have closed off a way he could bless us. We have closed off an avenue of how he could bless us. Have you ever planned something for your kids? And you're like, clean your room and I have a surprise for you. Clean your room and I have a surprise for you. But they don't clean the room. And so you can't enjoy the surprise either. I mean, no, when dad takes the children to ice cream, dad gets blessed too. Clean the room and we're gonna get some ice cream. The kids don't the, the kids don't clean the room. They don't get the ice cream, neither does dad. I, I just sense the heart of the father saying, I want you to get the money thing right. I want you to be under the blessing of God. I want you to, I want you to have overflow in your life. I want you to have blessing in your life. And we're robbing God of that opportunity when we don't have, when we don't have the faith or the belief in the tithe. Here's number six. I've already addressed this issue. The tithe should not limit our giving. So it's not about 10% and then, hey, we're done giving. It's, it's about a life of saying, God, I'm living on 90% and then, Lord, what can you do with the rest? So where do we go from here? If you're not tithing, do I, do I want you to start giving 10% of your income? I do, I, the Lord does. But this is, this is what I believe is a prudent way to do it. If you have the faith to start giving 10%, that would be optimal. That would be great. But, it, but if you're upside down financially, we, we offer financial peace and, and we wanna work with you. Sometimes when we learn the principle of tithing, we have this all or nothing attitude and then we treat it like the legalism that it's not. So we say, well, if I can't do 10%, I'm not gonna do anything at all. It's my suggestion. It's my suggestion. And I believe in this, even though I've had, I had a family leave the church over this. I gave grace to people and people got mad and left the church over this, but here we go anyway. My inbox is ready for all of, your, all of you this week. I believe that if, if, if you can start at 3%, or 5% and start there to be a faithful giver to the Lord. And then as the Lord enables you or your faith grows, start bringing it up, bringing it up with the goal of tithing and beyond. And what that does is then you're including God in your finances. 2%, 1%, 7%, whatever you feel like you have the faith to do right now. And then you're including God in your finances. And I believe God will begin to give you the desire to be a tither. 
And, and then, wouldn't it be great if you didn't stop at 10? And that's just between you and the Lord. That's between you and the Lord. Um, but I want you to know you're free. You're free to give to the Lord and you're free to be a tither. None of you are under condemnation. None of you are under a curse, but all of you have an opportunity before you. And I care for you too much to not share with you a doorway and avenue how God has blessed me. And then simultaneously, I care for this church and I wanna see this church prosper and grow and reach more people for Jesus and pay off debt and fund the ministry. And it doesn't happen accidentally, it happens when we obey God and worship God. So I want you to be a partner and I want you to tithe with joy. I want you to tithe and be excited because you believe in what God's doing here. You believe that when Pastor Deborah does premarital counseling with people and she, she helps give them tools to prevent maybe a, a marriage from happening or, or helping the marriage not go into a premature divorce, you're part of that. When Pastor Greg, when you see these kids that are excited because Pastor Greg is getting them uh, the principles of Jesus, you're part of that. This is an exciting thing. This is a great opportunity, is it not? Now, here's the deal. We're not respecters of people. So if you tithe, you get no special privilege. We're gonna love, serve. If, if someone never gives a dime to this church, we're gonna love and serve them equally. So you don't get any special privileges. You get an opportunity. You get an opportunity to be a partner with God, a partner with this church, and a blessing. Sound good? Man, let's pray together. So Lord, we um, have shared your word with no apologies and no hesitation. So Lord, I ask that you would make, make it possible, make it possible, make it happen. And for some of these children who were coloring pages today and kind of listening with one ear, I pray, oh God, that they would, uh, they would desire to be tithers and that, God, when they make money, when they earn money, that, Lord, they would have the desire to give 10% and help some of us older kids, us 40-year-old kids and 60-year-old kids and 33-year-old kids do the same thing. Let's stand together. Thank you for listening to the podcast of The Church of Indian Lake.